So what's the craziest costume we can imagine Jason Statham adopting to get close to a kill? Because he pulls off Doctor surprise, uh, Priest surprisingly well in this. Hmm. I mean, this man disguise himself. I immediately go to the gorilla suit, but that's kind of my default. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty powerful, and I feel like oh. Statham could pull it off. Zoo heist. I'm going to say, like, uh, one of those hot dog costumes. <laughs> like in, in the Tim Robinson show, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. <laughs> the Tim Robinson show is not a reference I get. Oh. There's a guy <laughs> in a hot dog suit, and there's hmm. a hot dog car crashed into a wall, and he's like, who did this? <laughs> Exactly. This guy's covered in mustard. What happened here? And it just stay from yeah. wandering away, whistling. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say uh, himself, but dresses like a cartoon bandit. So like the black and white striped shirt and the you know the eye mask. He's like, right, who's gone and done this murder? Then what? That's Jason Statham <laughs> is the Hamburglar. <laughs> you never suspect him as the thing. Yeah. He's too conspicuous. It must be that innocent-looking person. <laughs> film that can't afford it and doesn't deserve it. I'm Paul Porker, and Paul Goodman is on his bi-weekly leave of absence, which is his absolute loss because I am joined here by the best people I can think of who regularly review television shows backwards. It's uh, <laughs> Elliot and BT from The Simpsons Index and Throne of Games. Hello. Hello. I, I, that's my best catchphrase right now. I, I forgot about <laughs> the name-changing things. So. <sighs> uh, index me an introduction, fellas. Oh, yes. Hi, I'm, I'm Elliot, and this is BT. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> and yeah, uh, we make podcasts reviewing things in weird orders, and uh, yeah. What else do we do, BT? <laughs> we do a lot of things, but we're primarily oh from The Simpsons Index, which has uh, covered more episodes of The Simpsons than any other podcast in the world at this point. Uh, we also wow. do Thrones of Game, where we review Game of Thrones backwards. That is now a complete series, and we also... Mm. Uh, Write, direct, produce, edit a series called Pulp Fury Radio, a bunch of radio plays oh, yes. in old pulp genres. And, you know, some other stuff. Are you thinking of doing, like, Dragon of the House at some stage? Uh, we have confirmed we will be doing Dragon of the House when the series ends. Amazing. In however long that takes. <laughs> uh, name correction, though, will be Dragon the Of House. I'm going to fight you on this. I like Dragon of the House. It, it sounds but like, it's not backwards. <laughs> but it's like Master Dragon of the, of the house, house, but it's adorable. Yeah, it sounds like a 70s sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> Who burnt this toast? Dragon? Rawr, rawr. <laughs> Who do you think did it? Who do you think did it? All right, Dorothy, I know you're not on board with Dragon living here. Yeah, now we know it's Jason Statham in a dragon costume. <laughs> That's the twist of um, House of the Dragon as well, that that gets revealed. You know, That's why he hasn't been up to much lately. Because the only way I can launch a Statham, a bad Statham impression is to ironically start with his line, I'm a multiverse agent, and he's supposed to be New Yorkian <laughs> in that. In the, but that yeah. multiverse is really where I my, sp- yeah. my launch pad. So the idea that this is just an alternate yeah. universe Statham in the dragon <laughs> costume. Yeah. Still saying, I'm a multiverse agent. We didn't meet any alternate Stafos in the no. in the multiverse movie. That's Such a great a sh- There's a new movie. I'm writing that now while we're doing this. Oh my god! <laughs> in 2022, the year of the multiverse, you can still crank one more out before the year's out. Yep. <laughs> yes, absolutely. God, 
you got to get those tags. Anyway. You guys could not have timed it better, though. Firstly, because Gilman's not here, but but also because we are still nestled in the muscly embrace of Stafem season. And we are now entering a little phase of the Stafo oeuvre that I like to call resurgence. After disappearing into the bleak, joyless late 80s and early 10s crime thrillers, he managed to score a brace of middlingly reviewed indie action flicks that many aficionados believe are his best. Uh, that is Safe, Hummingbird, Homefront, and 2013's Parker. I don't steal from people who can't afford it. I don't hurt people that don't deserve it. So relax. I gotta say, Parker, you came as advertised, but I'm gonna need the whole score for this next thing. We made a deal. If you were me, what would you do with a guy like you? I'd kill him while I had the chance. Reading the production history of this was kind of like when I found out that that movie Soldier with Kurt Russell was meant to be a sort of stealth sequel to Blade Runner. Like, what? <laughs> How? <laughs> In what sense? Because it turns out the character of Parker is apparently the same character who was played by Lee Marvin in Point Blank, 1968 or whatever, and Mel Gibson in Payback, 1990 whatever. These are the same dude. Which, to be fair, those movies do all have the same plot, but I would not have thought about all three of those movies in the same month before I knew this. No. Ah, oh, but hey, some people at home might be thinking, hang on, Lee Marvin's character in Point Break was called Walker, and Mel Gibson's character in uh, whatever I just said was called Porter. What gives? Well, <laughs> amazing writing. <laughs> Parker director Donald E. Westlake refused any adaptations of his work to use the name Parker unless they agreed to adapt all of the novels. And there are over 20. Ooh. So obviously nothing happened because that's insane. You're not even Fleming. <laughs> no. So, yeah. Nothing got done until after he died. Then the movie gets written by John M. McLaughlin, who was one of the screenwriters for Black Swan, of all things, and uh, directed by Taylor Hackford, who directed underrated Stephen King adaptation Dolores Claiborne, underrated Keanu Reeves' movie The Devil's Advocate, and adequately rated Ray Charles' movie Ray. So, interesting bunch of talents coming together for this one. That explains some things. I did get the vibe of this was a novel in the in-adaptation uh, yes, while watching. it has a lot of characters and it's very plot driven. Mm. Very airport novel vibes, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, critics started pressing down on their own tracheas in this, over this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the indignity of dying by a review chair. <laughs> <laughs> review chair. Let's get down on the review chair, we've got some things to explain to you. Uh, well, Nigel Andrews at the Financial Times, which is just, it's comical to me that the Financial Times is a film review segment. Mm-hmm. Well, the markets are still fucked, but hey, that new that new Godzilla movie's okay. Um, he says it's an overlong, arduous caper drawn from the work of thriller writer Donald E. Westlake, much as a patient's tooth might be extracted with much banter and minimal anesthesia. Which is an interesting mix. I don't know how much banter there is if you're using minimal anesthesia. Yeah. <laughs> well, are you going for your holidays? No. <laughs> no, it's gonna be. It's more of an interrogation then. It's like, tell me where you're going for your holidays. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of the weather? How's your wife? (laughs) Got any fun activities planned for the kids? What I like is it really seems like he cares about the small talk. Like, really cares. 
Oh, God, yeah. Public, meanwhile, felt that it's not the size, but how you use it. Ah. <laughs> uh, Blessing Ariba on Google said, If this film has not major awards, I would be shocked. It's worth every second of my time. It has a, it has a great cast, plot, and sensation. Reviewing it like a massage chair there. <laughs> Good sensation from this one. Already a very chair-heavy episode. Uh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I think I might be tired. It's the thing <laughs> gravitating towards chair devices. Oh, God. Why do I review this while sprinting? Uh, well, we've got a few Threeman, Foreman, and more. Oh, we've got uh, Elton LeBlanc, who was in Fanforstic as Baxter Institute Professor. And was a Jonah Hex as Rich Train Passenger. So he's come up in the world. And in this, he's a sunbather. Oh, he gave up the rat race. <laughs> <laughs> gave up the rat race of being a rich train passenger and just started to soak in those rays. Well, did he happen to be lying on one of those beach recliner chairs? I didn't have, mm. remember that one. <laughs> he must have been, yeah. I didn't. I don't think there were any prominent sunbathers in the shot. <laughs> um, unless they were in the fun fair at the beginning near the cows. They must have been in the... Yeah, amazing beach shot in that hotel. Oh, Maybe yeah. he was beneath the guy who got thrown to his death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Um, John Archer Lundgren was in Baywatch as Hobo Party Crasher. Uh, was in Alvin and the Chipmunks as Mardi Gras Reveler. That's quite a one. And is in this as VIP Confronting Security. Well, oh, it's, rare have, have, to... it's rare to have a, 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 a role title that's also exactly what you're doing. <laughs> 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 Extra being underappreciated. Yeah. They get like imagine if they, you know, still had the clause that they couldn't call him Parker, and they had to yeah. go a man who's in heist who changes costumes constantly yeah. and has good ability to steal cars. <laughs> He's still kind of good. He find many guns. He has also in other films played circus oddity, distressed person, knife vendor, big gulp veteran. Senior special FBI special agent John Jury, hey, a ambling name. man and cheering guy. Yeah, he got a name in one. Who is <laughs> this man that of mystery? This Matt is John Archer Lundgren. That's he's even got a, a great good name man. as well. Which is <laughs> <laughs> why he's never needed any extra ones in his movie credits. <laughs> I've got enough names, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, excellent guy and wire veteran Wendell Pierce is a three man after appearing in Hackers quite memorably and Breaking Dawn Part 2 quite unmemorably because I do not remember him in that. Mm. But in this, he's one of the, the bad dudes that Stafo's out to get. Can't quite remember what happens to him. Does the girl shoot him? She No, she shoots Bunk from... Um... Yeah, this is Bunk. Okay, it's Bunk. Yeah, then she shoots him. Oh, she shoots him. That's yeah. right. The, I called Jennifer Lopez the girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the big problem with this podcast, is me. I'm it. Is she a three-man um, or a pre- by now? Well, we're getting to her mm-hmm. um, right now, because, yeah, she is a <laughs> foreman. Uh, she was in Gili. Yep. She was in The Boy Next Door, and she was in Anaconda. In every one of those, I think we singled her out as being quite appreciative of her efforts. So mm-hmm. she's a foreman with honors, I would say. Um, and we also have Diesel Ramos, guy with the best name ever, who has played just heavies in Batman vs Superman, Fan Four Stick, Suicide Squad, and The Last Witch Hunter. Wow. So he's just a he's just a buff man he's again. Buff when you need a buff dude, that's what you call. Him. You need a buff dude. Yeah. You got a Diesel Ramos. I mean, it's not hard it to even remember. sounds like you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta wonder if that's a stage Diesel. name and if he's taking it from the. Uh, early 90s WWF wrestlers of Diesel and Razor Ramon. <laughs> like, hmm. Ah! 
You might I thought he might have Kaiser Sozade himself off of like a nearby um, petrol station of some sort. What's the Ramos? I'm just I hoping know. one day someone wants Vin Diesel, but they get his non-union Mexican equivalent. <laughs> Diesel Ramon. <laughs> oh, Christ. Fuck, well, Vin Diesel is being taken. Uh, okay, well, uh, Diesel Ramon. This, surely this Diesel Ramon is just as good. <laughs> just as good. Twice as cheap. Yeah. Uh, he's going to play the off-brand Groot. <laughs> Just Root. Um, Gromp. Oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. No. Films a shit, mate. Uh, the film has 41% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.2 on IMDb, 80% on not Rotten Tomatoes, Google. That's the one, the crazy one. Uh, uh, made $46 million on a $35 million budget. Not great but was briefly number one on the Netflix charts when it was released there in 2021. Hmm. Very weird little bit of resurgence for Parker. Huh. Huh. So, Elliot and BT, you entitled wannabe playboys. That's me. <laughs> What's one thing about Parker that made you want to get uh, keep this between your legs? By which I mean, <laughs> what made you accept my request to join me on this podcast to do this? <laughs> oh, the joy of Paul. Um, well, like I wouldn't <laughs> like I haven't watched a lot of Statham films, but the ones mm. that I have, I found myself yeah enjoying on very much a popcorn level. Mm. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, I was excited when that was proposed <laughs> to me. Yes, sorry, you are the first guests to have been invited on, <laughs> you know, to join me on a movie that you didn't pick. <laughs> so had you seen it or heard nope. of it beforehand no, no contact with oh, this wow. whatsoever one of my big questions this is why does it have such a boring name <laughs> i know right i think it's i don't know in the states does this name parker, parker like carry a huge amount of weight or were they so pissed off at how difficult it was to get this name that they thought no we're putting it front and center well, it's Parker. Be, which, what's the novel named that he, it's based off of is it's my question. not Parker, I don't think, but they're called like, you know, a Parker novel. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it must have some way. I think it's like Alex Cross. Like, I had no idea this was a thing until suddenly movies started mm. happening. Yeah, because, um, um, yeah, I, I like to read the plaque, as they say. Uh, and, yeah, did a quick bit mm. of research going into this. And, yeah, found mm. that, um, yeah, the Parker novels, apparently, like, he's kind of like an amorphous character like that, where it's like... Mm. Yeah, Parker's just a general vibe, but there's like yeah, twenty novels about him where there's like not uh, there's some inconsistencies between them because it's yeah not written as to be there are twenty of them and they're just meant to be fun yeah 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 (laughs) twenty guys coincidentally named Parker (laughs) who keep getting betrayed by their ex um, colleagues because that does happen in like all three of the Parker adaptation movies I don't know if they're all adapting the same book or if that just keeps happening to this dude. You gotta, tr- you gotta start doing solo heists. I think Parker. Yeah, it's time. Well, I mean, that's the problem with like not having consistency. He never oh, yeah. learns. Multiverse angle. <laughs> he partners with himself across oh. dimensions. Oh, there you go. Ooh, yeah. Double Parker one last heist. <laughs> Can't do it, mate. I'm double parked. Heist. Wait, no, you're triple parked. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah, that they all kick him. <laughs> but then he ends up getting betrayed by his doppelganger self. Oh no. Who we I'm now the call. From- Nope. No, he's now the reverse Parker. Yes. <laughs> oh, we have a. I went through like a really bloody fight where they've just really beaten each other. One of them just turns to the other and says, How can you do this to yourself? <laughs> Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason Statham's the one. 
Look, let's not pretend. It's a sequel. It's just done the legwork. Okay, so it's, it's based on a novel called Flash Fire. That's a better, yes. at least more memorable title than yeah. just Barker. It's, yeah. It fits in with Statham's Renaissance one word titling. You know, Hummingbird, Homefront, Flash Fire. That fits in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crank. <laughs> yeah. Well, Transporter, brackets there. It's um, <laughs> all the best ones. Oh, well, we did do Blitz last week, so. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, let's review what happens in Parker. So we start with a heist mm. in the midst. We've got Bunk in a car, and Father Jason Statham shows up with a twist reveal that he has hair. Huh? <laughs> it looked so weird, right? Yeah. Uh, I know. <laughs> I had to write, I had to stop and write down that Statham with gray hair looks like buff Tim Cook. <laughs> he looks like an entirely new man. Yep. It's really weird. And he kind of, even though it was gray hair, he looked a lot younger, I thought. Yeah, no, absolutely. With a... um, my note for there <laughs> as well, that uh, clown makeup Michael Chiklis looked like John Wayne Gacy. Yep. <laughs> Very sinister. Yes, uh, we've got, so we've got his crew. Bunk, mm-hmm. Michael Chiklis, pervy guy. I write, um, I write down Pee Wee Herman for him. Pee Wee Herman's good. And do we have another? Do we have... Um, uh, four, generic right? Cook, 1136. That's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, Statham shows off the state of his American accent. It's not necessarily better, but it's m- more. Sorry to bother you. I'm on a bus back to Cleveland at four. I was wondering if there's some place I could put this while I walk around. Oh, it'll get better. <laughs> Once we go to Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah, it will. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck yeah, cannot wait. Um, but yeah, at this crucial time, just as they're about to kick off the um, heist, Statham gets a Nick Nolte flashback. You can't control when those are going to happen. Mm. That's why you should never do Nolte once, kids. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he remembers that Nick Nolte's his dad-in-law, I think, because he's kind of da- uh, dating his daughter. Um, and he's the one man who will never betray him. Mm. He'll just disappear from the movie forever after a while. Yep. Yeah, so they do the heist. They get the money. Relatively moralistically. And they're on the drive away when Michael Chiklis looks right down the lens to say some very dramatic things. He wants to keep all of the money that they looted in order to fund the next heist. It's a pretty chickless thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then everything goes wrong. Bunk gets shot, car gets crashed, and Jason uh, Statham jumps out of the damn window five or six times in real life. <laughs> I will <laughs> say, like, yeah, right off the bat, I'm going to say this movie had way too much filler, like way too much padding, <laughs> and it didn't need it. Right. This could have been a wonderful, tight 90-minute stupid oh, yeah. movie my but, very yeah, first yeah. note was why is this two hours shouldn't uh, oh, Jesus. statham joint be 90 minutes and then i was like statham yes what's better than statham joint statham sandwich statham stogie <laughs> uh, so I thought statham stogie is pretty good <laughs> um, statham which statham yeah. spliff yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> aside from having way too much bread in this uh statham which um yeah i will say some of the action scenes were quite cool Including this little yeah. uh, car crash, uh, gun f- tight gunfight. Yeah. Thing. I re- yeah. Anytime you have to do yeah. action in a small space, if you can find a cool way to do it, it usually looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've... And it was quite cool the car spinning out of control and like f- mm. you know flitting around the place. That looked pretty good. Yeah. Sorry, I recently stumbled mm. upon this video. Apparently, there's a, a, a like an MMA fighting league that uh, takes just place fights in, in minivans. <laughs> that could be, <laughs> that could be a new one. I- I'd watch that. Yeah. Uh, it- the Tangle in the Tarago. Um, yes. <laughs> but no, uh, this fighting league that takes place in phone booths. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. That. Yeah, that is wild. <laughs> That's amazing. Jeez. Yeah. 
I um I, I don't watch much in the way of these things, but um I have, my flatmate's quite fond of wrestling, and he had the not the WWE, the All Elite Wrestling. That, I think. yeah, All Elite AE. Wrestling. Ah, I'm such a big fan. Yeah. It's very fun, but there was a moment where they were having a massive scrap between like a bunch of wrestlers, and two of them end up in a service elevator that then closes, and there are no cameras in there, so the commentators are just saying, you know, so and so and so and so are somewhere in this building, yep. <laughs> slugging it out. Would have been Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara, I think, and then Eddie Kingston reemerges with a gas tank, uh, uh, sorry, a little petrol canister, goes Ooh. to oh God, that's burn right. Chris Jericho, anarchy in the arena. Oh my God, it was so much fun. Oh God, that was amazing. Oh, I tell you what. I tell you who's also looking rough is Jason Statham. <laughs> he, um, yeah, they send their lamest member to go shoot him. Was that Pee Wee Herman yeah. who shot him? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, he does it. Well, it's ambiguous, right? He doesn't shoot him. He's, he's too mm. cowardly, and everyone else, no one else is watching. So yeah, and just I really thought leave. in a flashback it would be like he, you know, moralistically intended to miss. And uh, no, it's, yeah. it's fully implied he's just that bad at shooting a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you can do this. It's like shooting a statham on the ground. Don't that analogy doesn't suit me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he had luckily the some point blank shot, not a uh, pun on another Parker movie. Um, <laughs> and yeah, wasn't able to do it. Just like eh, close enough, kick into the swamp. Doesn't even go fully into the yeah. swamp. No. So then he gets immediately <laughs> discovered. Yeah, by a lovely rural type mm. who, uh, and they take him to the hospital. Uh, yeah, and he d- he uses a cunning disguise of a wheelchair guy that he just happened to find lying around in order to escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with one of those, uh, what uh, do they call them, electro larynx or something? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a fun character, and yeah, uh, a very considerate man. I did have him, the, the, the wheelchair guy down as one of my uh, quickfire good things, because the actor's yeah. really putting a lot into it. And, uh, he really is, and I love how concerned he is when Jason Statham's choking out a guard. He's <laughs> just like, oh my, don't do that. Is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> just been choking this guy out. Little details as well that Parker takes his voice thingy, so that's why he's not, you know, alerting anyone, but then he gives it back to show us what a good guy he is. Ah, I have morals, that is good. Yeah. I miss that detail. Mm. <laughs> I have morals sometimes. Other times, I will get you to shoot your friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, he disguises himself as a redneck, um, and just in order to really sell the costume, he shoots a guy and um, robs him. <laughs> oh. Commitment. I think they were bad guys. Lots of the, yeah. There's <laughs> and, a lot of times where you feel like you've half figured out what's going on. Like I think those were the guys who are <laughs> who were part of the armored transport. Uh, pick, yeah. The, the bank armored transport. But they're not wearing uniforms, and it's like, you would be wearing a uniform for that job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Anyway, he's he's gotten a lead. Sometimes you just have to be like, okay, he's getting closer to his mm. old crew. He he gets a new identity, and he calls Nolte up. And Nolte's like, don't go after him. Um, you know, I, I decided to do some research. And it's like, oh, you couldn't have done that before. Mm. You put me on a job with him. <laughs> and it says that he's he's connected to some sort of badass in an office who you might get to meet later briefly. I'm not surprised. <laughs> like Nick Nolte at this stage is being held together with tape. Like, mm. oh Jesus, yeah, he's he's looking rough. This is a couple years after Warrior, and he wasn't looking too great in Warrior. And I looked it up because I was like, is he still he's still around? This was nine years ago. Wow, mm. good lord. I wonder if he's still working. He's, I didn't he's, look that up. Hmm. He's just slowly turning Gris- into Gristle. Uh, blender full of gravel. 
Because he is pretty hard to understand at times. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. It's not a good idea. After you didn't call, I did some checking. It turns out that Melander is not as independent as I thought. He's got connections, big connections. We're talking Chicago. Danzinger. So don't start anything. Yeah, he's going full Marge Simpson at times here. <laughs> oh. Well... Stephen chairs a guy up and finds out where one of the bad dudes is. It was his brother. Um, he's got to go to Palm Beach in Florida where they've just erected a massive sign saying that into the air. Mm. Which is, uh, yeah, quite the sight to see. Yeah, it's time to catch up with J-Lo and what she's all about and how she fits in just about. Yeah, this, is, this came in quite late. I was like, wait, now we're <laughs> it doing this? quite late. Yeah, around her introduction, I felt like, oh, this is actually the movie beginning here. Like, yeah, <laughs> same, same thing. yeah. In a 90s movie, he'd have gotten out of the hospital, gone straight to Palm Beach, and her, she would have been introduced at, like, our 30-minute mark at the very most. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, here she is. It's, uh, she's an estate agent with um, a Bobby Carnavale cop in her life, quite surprisingly. This was late for Bobby Carnavale, and he's doing, like, this bit role mm. as some cop. Like, yeah. Who also gets dropped about. from the plot at some point. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's never really the fly in the ointment or the problem or anything like that. Or the guy who's no. trying to do good but doesn't understand what's going on. You don't understand the Statham. I think the most he does is he gets involved in a tent sequence where you've got a bleeding Statham on your balcony and you've mm. got to get rid of the cop. We've all been there. Um, yeah. But yeah, Chicklis is planning his next saucy heist. And uh, yeah, then the lamest member gets tipped off that uh, Stafo's alive and coming. So yeah, he sends a man after uh, Lady Stafe, uh, Statham. Mm. We should say Statham has a lady. Yep. Um, Nick Nolte's last, yep. and she gets away. Yep. I was like, that was a big yeah. surprise, because I, I originally thought, okay, well, she's getting kidnapped at some point. And the fact she gets away Based... under her own steam as well is, uh, yeah, I was, that was, yeah. Not, didn't say that. Yeah. Oh, based on payback and uh, point break, I was, uh, point blank, mm-hmm. I was 100% sure she was going to be in on the yeah. betrayal of him, and that he'd have oh, like, that's a what moment I, with her, and then, yeah. That's what I assumed for Nolte, uh, and then I was sure the daughter would yeah. get kidnapped at some point based on every movie ever. Uh, and it didn't happen. So yeah, surprise. Didn't happen. I guess we're leaving these characters for the sequels. I guess. <laughs> um, we got nineteen more of these things to make. <laughs> we got to get a move on. Um, Nick Nolte's not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he masquerades as a rich Texan, which um, I didn't realize is all I ever wanted. But oh yeah, here it is. He's doing an Elvis voice. Yeah. Where do you live now? I got a place in Vale, on South Padre Island, one in Maine. I'd like to see a few more areas before zeroing in on one. Do you have time tomorrow? Yeah, he should have been in that Baz Luhrmann movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been a very interesting film. <laughs> Look, thank you very much, right? <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with us. <laughs> yeah, he's um, going to spend some time with J-Lo, who likes looking at his butt sometimes, which is a nice reversal of typical fortune. I just really love that shot, and he's... Pants are not even remotely form-fitting. No. Like, it's the worst butt shot humanly imaginable. Just... And oh, especially because it's, it's been demonstrated in this movie, they're not inept at butt shots. I mean, no. J-Lo gets a yeah. lot of gratuitous oh my God. Um, butt shots. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could do with just one little little peek at Statham's other two baldies. And they, uh, they don't do it. Oh, I'm never going to look at that the same. <laughs> You imagine both cheeks have got Jason's faces. <laughs> they're most glaring at you. They're, they're in other movies. <laughs> That's why he doesn't get him out. 
Oh, God, yeah. He gets her to show him a house because... Yeah, I got really lost... Might have missed that bit. ...on this, because yeah. I, I couldn't tell if he was looking for a place to, like, lay low or blend in so he could, yeah. like, observe uh, the Florida area, or if he was looking for the other guys who must have rented a place. But it was... Yeah, that one yeah. lost me as well. The second thing you said, Beach, yeah, that's mm. the vibe I got from it. Right, yeah. All he really succeeds at doing is making himself really conspicuous because everyone starts figuring out he's in town, yeah. including J-Lo, who uses her Windows 95 computer to realise that, yeah, this guy's got no history whatsoever. Mm. And so it's probably sketchy, mm. probably Statham. At one point she accuses him of having an English accent. I'm like, wait, yeah, I think the whole time? I think he drops it when she, he first <laughs> confronts her in the car, and then he puts the Texan yeah. back on. It's like, no, dude, you already gave the game away. <laughs> I think. I didn't want to. I didn't bother rewinding <laughs> but, that part. But, but I was so confused because Stephen's voice in general, I thought he'd been doing an American, like, outside of the Texan as well. Mm. But I think that might have just been the priest. But because it's so Statham-esque, I just stopped noticing. I had the same thing with Harry Styles mm. at, in Don't Worry, Darling. I was like... Wait, I thought you were trying to do American, because this doesn't sound like normal English. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a sexy kidnap scene where they can flirt for a while whilst he demands that she undress. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the is. music assures us that this is a saucy moment. Yep, not uncomfortable at all. Yep. What, what was I saying about <laughs> gratuity? <laughs> Take off your clothes. What? I'm not sure if I'm better off with you alive or dead. Either way, I have to know if you were in a wire. It's similar to the moment in The Transporter where he has a saucy, longing moment with uh, the woman who's tied up in the trunk of his car <laughs> as he cuts a tiny little hole to put a straw through so she can take some like, nourishment. That's, and the music's like... Boom, boom, boom. That's just the <laughs> magnetism of the Statham. It's like, no matter what your situation, <laughs> if he's being even like a little bit nice to you, giving you soda or not shooting you, you're like, oh, is, is this, yeah. are, we ha- are we having a moment? <laughs> I, really resp- I really like the way you're not punching me right now. <laughs> Oh, God. So, yeah, together they figure out that the crew is after some fancy diamonds, uh, which she's very upset about up front. I don't know if they're robbing, like, a community leader or something, but she's like, oh, no, no, they can't do that. She loves those diamonds. Mm-hmm. Every every school trip was to see those diamonds. <laughs> so, yeah, they make a plan to foil it during the auction. Uh, he gets into a horrible fight with an assassin in his room, mm-hmm. which gets very grisly. Yeah. Again, another action sequence that I really, really liked in this flick. Yeah. Absolutely, and it, it ends with the assassin going out the window mm-hmm. oh. and him getting really badly hurt. Oh, but before that, when they're doing the classic, you know, knife is hovering over the face yeah. and he's just oh, like, yeah. I'm just going to put my hand through the... <laughs> put the knife through my hand and then... Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Kung Fu, off the balcony, <laughs> Parker doing some parkour. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and apparently he really did go... Um, Stephen did do the stunt over the balcony mm. and complained because the safety equipment they put on him dug into his sides. <laughs> <laughs> and that yes, knife Steph. really dug through my head as well. <laughs> <laughs> he insisted on that. Yep. Oh, God. So, yeah, that's enough to send Carnavali a knocking uh, on Lopez at the worst possible time, just as a Stafos come over to have a bleed in the kitchen. Mm. She's not going to be happy, though, because he insists that um, they call for help, and it turns out to be Lady Stafe. Yeah, I mean, she thought they had something from that time he ma- ha- like mildly kidnapped her and forced her into undress. <laughs> the chemistry was there. Mixed single. Uh. Men, am I right? God. <laughs> yeah, she stitches him up and then stitches her up by kissing him right in front of her. Mm. So he's ready to go out avenging, I guess. He looks, he looks prepared. So the gang start the very subtle process of stealing these jewels so that no one will even know they were there. Her 
kind works and, and noble spirit. <laughs> Stephen staggers towards the final showdown, uh, waiting to ambush them when they get home, I guess, which is, you know, a pretty good move. Uh, But then Lopez decides that she's not going to let Stafer fuck this up, and so she fucks it up for him. (laughs) Exactly, my note. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm someone with no combat training whatsoever, but I'm going to go into this highly dangerous situation and do something. (laughs) Yeah, when they seem to be fucking it up already themselves, like... There's a chance they could have just let yeah. it play out and they would have just gotten caught anyway. He could have not shown up and they might have just shot each other yeah. because of how badly they did this. <laughs> but yeah, they realise that Stephen's about, so decide they better split up and walk quietly around the house on their own. You know, like horror Get films. Cool, guys. <laughs> Always works out for them. Yeah. So easily, yeah. <laughs> Any Stephen movie told from the perspective of not Stephen is a horror movie. <laughs> just an absolute slasher film. So yeah, Lopez shoots Bunk, Parker stabs Chickless, with the uh, magazine of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> it just He kills the other one. There's a few others. He like, yeah. Stabs one in the neck. Uh, stealth horror movie yeah. style. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he says one last bad off sign off line that I can't imagine Lopez got much out of because it was very context specific. And Oh, I remember when yeah. he kills, uh, I think we named him, P- you named him Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman. Um, he goes, Fuck! Let me explain! You were supposed to torch the hay bales behind the livestock pavilion. Imagine the last words you hear is livestock yeah. pavilion. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll circle back around to that because yeah, it's, it's part of the problem with this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, um, there's a loose end, though. Some guy who was mentioned twice, the guy in the office. Uh, so, yeah, Parker goes and knocks on his door, having savagely and chaotically murdered everyone else in his office mm-hmm. without him noticing. And... Uh, yeah, shoots him in the head. Yeah. Oh, and Stafo sent some money to s- the four nice people that he met on his adventure. How, yeah. nice How charitable of Stafo. Uh, oh, lovely. Also got the, when he does kill uh, random businessmen we've heard about twice, he mm. does like clearly set up a franchise moment of... Who the hell are you? Parker. Yeah. You know, remember that name. <laughs> You're going to see sequel <laughs> after sequel after sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, believe it or not, that was actually Parker. So, what did you make of it? <sighs> um, Like, yeah, because uh, it just becomes tedious yeah. at a certain point. But, I mean, all right, so two main things I do want to point out. One is it feels like they can't quite figure out what his deal is. Like, is he this almost transporter type, rigid, has yes. these rules, follow them? Because half the time he, yeah. he is, and then half the time he's not. And so sometimes yeah. he's like this very quick slick professional and then other times he's more of a brawler and i can't figure out they, they're trying to glue the two together and it doesn't yeah. fit like to bring up that last line where he's all like you know you should have set fire to the hay bales behind the pavilion to bring it back to the original yeah. reason that's not the reason they betrayed him that's just the reason this one guy messed up part of the job that was unrelated to the following revenge but it's like that's a good point that's not where the whole thing started going wrong yeah but if that was the was sticking f- point uh. if it should have been a line about you know when you tried to kill when you when you were going to kill me, you missed. I'm not going to make that mistake. Blam, and then gets yeah. a point blank through the eyes. Um, and the other kind of problem is that this feels like two movies they've glued together because the first half, yeah, you know, it's all generic and kind of samey. But for its credit, the first half moves at a very nice clip where. 
the second he gets up in hospital, he starts, he escapes, he gets a car, he gets a gun, he moves, he gets another gun, he gets another car, he gets some cash. Yep. It's like got a momentum behind it. As soon as we start the second movie, yeah, yeah. which is all the J- uh, J-Lo stuff, it just stops dead. Yeah, Whereas it really does. If you had started with, you know, actually making uh, J-Lo the main character and then this chaos comes mm. into her life, that would be a different, better movie as well. But it's the two that don't yeah. fit together. And that was all my notes it, on the uh, main overall problems of this film. <laughs> yeah, it could have been like a Commando-style situation. Yeah. With, you know, this woman getting swept up in this crazy action thing and having to be the audience surrogate, yeah. the mm. sort of normal person who learns how to sort of mm. get, become a bit more tough how and to resilient break throughout. Um, but yeah. like, and I like that her motivation is money. It's not, there's yes. some moral reason she wants to do this. It's, no, no, she's literally yeah. broke and tired of it. And just wants and to hate her job. Yeah, and it's kind of nice to have yeah. a protagonist who is just like, screw it, everyone steals. I may as well get in on that and do it semi morally. Yeah. yeah, from bad people. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a very relatable sense of frustration. Yeah. So I, I like that yeah. it was a fresh angle for someone's, you know, yeah. wants to be profit. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Elliot? Yeah, I, I think there's a decent movie in here, but it's just too fucking long. Mm. Like, I've got a pretty yeah. comfortable couch and my ass was hurting. And, like, <laughs> I know the difference between a 90-minute and a two-hour flick is only half an hour, but fucking... It makes a, a big difference. half hour. Yeah. You have to remember, that's uh, yeah. also an extra quarter, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I felt like it was just, like, not very economical as a movie. Mm. There was just so much filler mm. and padding and stuff. Well, but... they pick such strange moments for flashbacks as well. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt, but it's just... It was one of the things that really yeah, stuck out to me. Like, you know, um, when they're doing the heist, we get a flashback to planning yeah. the heist. It's like, why are you doing this now? And then they do a why flashback of, like, this now? hey, remember, like, two hours ago when this is the reason for the entire movie <laughs> happening, when they, you know, betrayed him? It's like, yeah, yeah, I remember movie. Thank you. Yeah. But no, it actually, that leads me into another point that uh, one of my frustrations with this movie is the editing. Like, mm. it. Oh, yeah. It just felt like it lacked style and very amateurish. Like,. It, yeah. Just like simple things like the use of fades and like snap the flashback yeah. things just didn't feel yeah. super consistent and yeah mm. and it really did lack style. Like, yeah, there's a really yeah. jarring no, one uh, where I think it's the villains are talking about they've got someone going after Statham and uh, smash mm. cuts to the assassin who meets the guy who made him his passports and whatever. But it's just such a jarring cut and it's in a different time of the day. Like the knife yeah. guys during the day. <laughs> And everyone else is at nights. So is like, so is this like a flashback to what did happen? It just it felt so out of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very chaotic. You get the impression they they suddenly decided they wanted to include all of these plot beats from the novel. And I doubt the estate were. Well, I don't know. Maybe the estate because I think it's the daughter who sold off the rights. Mm. Maybe she inherited her dad's sort of pickiness, and there was a requirement that you know so many characters or scenes get covered. But some of it does just feel like. Yeah, stuff that could be shed in order to make this a much leaner film. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, like I said, having said that, I, I liked a lot of the action sequences. Like, oh, yeah. They really propelled me, like, through the next fucking 20 minutes mm. of yeah. whatever of this <laughs> flick. And yeah. Yeah. I like the conceit of there's a bunch of guys and he's going to get revenge. Where I thought we were going is that he would meet them all one by one. Mm. Like, the fair, you use it to establish everybody's vice. And then he catches up with yeah. them sort of one at a time as he goes, which is kind of like Point Break. That, uh, in fact, the the 
uh, point blank sorry i keep calling it point break <laughs> um point blank is similar because in point blank in point blank he goes and he catches up with sort of individual people he used to know and he finds them in different places like he gets one guy in like a nightclub mm-hmm. and he gets one guy who's become like a used car salesman these are all contacts i think that are getting him higher up the ladder and like he he kind of beats them up or hassles them themed around where they are mm-hmm. like he takes a guy on a test drive of a new car and then just like m- smashes the crap out of the car whilst they're test driving and it makes it more interesting and sort mm. of, you know, where's this guy going to show up next? And they do pitch it kind of like a horror movie or like Dead Man's Shoes, the Shane Meadows movie, where it's like, oh, God, where's he going to appear next in order to, to torment these guys? And it's it's interesting mostly because of the character. Mm. And I, I agree with what you said there, uh, BT, about his character, because, yeah, they couldn't decide what to do with him. Mm. And one of the things that was exciting about both um point break and actually payback is that he was a really super morally ambiguous character more so in point break but there was this sense of this is the bad guy mm. like if i remember correctly payback opens with mel gibson taking money off of a uh, beggar and the beggar says he can't walk and the beggar stands up in order to say hey what are you doing and uh, mel gibson grabs his wrist and throws him back down and says shut up i just cured you <laughs> that's like that sets the tone yeah for what kind of guy this is gonna be and it's like I, I don't know, this weird sense of morality mm. to Statham, but then also these really cold moments. Yeah, because like, he has all these, yeah. he always says, oh, it's you know, strange. I'm not going to hurt you unless you make me hurt you. He hurts a lot of people yeah. uh, who yeah. arguably <laughs> did not deserve it. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily need to hurt quite a few of these people. Mm. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, it's a slightly muddled effort. However, we have to review this twice. We have to review this as a movie. Yeah. Fair enough. Not too great. Then as a Jason Statham movie. Having reviewed quite a lot of Statham movies at this stage, it is quite a refreshing return to the silliness of stuff like The Transporter because Mm -hmm. he went a long period there of taking himself very seriously and it did not suit him very Mm -hmm. well. And it's nice to see him just play a guy where he's, yeah, he's not just outright awful. Mm -hmm. There is at least redeeming qualities and a bit of that stay from charm to him that you don't get to see nearly often enough and he's not sleepwalking through it either or doing a sort of dull performance which can also happen so yeah it was nice to see him it looks like try mm. in this one yeah everyone definitely showed up for this one so yeah which again is kind absolutely. of surprising about it <laughs> it is i don't know what people expected from this if they really did think this was going to be like volume one of like a big franchise i have to assume but uh, then why was such little effort put into like the editing and you know yeah the, uh, elliot and i aren't you know editors by any stretch if we can notice bad editing it's bad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no it was it is problematic and it's just because yeah it's not an untalented director in the in the seat mm. so you know, it's it's very strange. And around this time, you had stuff like I think Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher. That was mm. um, they keep trying to make this, that. I thing. think <laughs> they yeah, and apparently I think they've succeeded to some extent on capitalizing on the Jay from Stay from sort of dad action movie audience mm. uh, in their new TV show. But um, yeah, I think it was that kind of thing they were going for because mm. I think that was 2012. Yeah, they just wanted the new sort of Jack Ryan kind of guy. Yeah, but what you were saying about the yeah. budget, like 35 mil, like they must yeah. have spent it on the actors because this yeah. had such like a TV <laughs> movie feel about it. Mm. It did, didn't it? Yeah, because there were a couple of like nice shots and they got a hotel in like Palm Springs, but there was nothing about it that really bespoke sort of a prestige movie. Mm. It did feel very comfortably like one of Stafford's smaller projects. Yeah. yeah. 
And the whole disjointedness, yeah. like that's why I say TV movie, because it feels like, like when you watch one of those movies that was intended for TV, that like has oh, that's totally where an ad break would go. I mm. felt that yeah. here, like, and especially yeah, coming to the <laughs> editing, I was like, were you were you about to put a commercial there? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think my conclusion with this is obviously it's way better than Blitz and like a whole bunch of the movies he made in like the late tens and early nor um late noughts, early tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's a far cry from the sort of golden age of mm. Statham when you had like Crank and the Transporter and mm. even Snatch. Uh, but yeah, mm. shall we get to quick firing? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Quick fire. My first one is one I've already mentioned, which is the voice box guy. It was just a really well-acted oh, yeah. bit and uh, just a yeah. nice detail. Yeah, I had him too. He was good. Yeah, the little thing that took me out was like, because his uh, electrolarynx was a little bit auto-tuny. Like... Mm. Well, I assume the technology's moved on quite a bit yeah. from the sort of ones that you see in movies of the like early noughts. So, yeah, it was interesting. It was a much more... like humanish voice mm. i think that we got out of it yeah well and i mean too often those things have just been like yeah the joke is the thing you know like with the ned from yeah. south park or whatever um yeah yeah uh, but yeah i i too liked the character in that and dead you killed him no yeah <laughs> the genuine concern did you kill him <laughs> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> But that was a good bit as well. He, he took a little heart monitor and put it on that dude's finger. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, to show he didn't kill him. Again, that's good good attention to detail. Yeah, yeah. and then after that, Statham does a little uh, be your own doctor thing. <laughs> Escapes into an ambulance and yeah. IVs himself. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's where he finds oh. his first gun. And I'm like, why does this ambulance have a gun? Oh, I guess it... American healthcare. Yeah. I guess. Got, yeah. it. Got health insurance? No. <laughs> <laughs> This is the cheaper option. <laughs> we still charge you for yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Those bullets aren't free. <laughs> so I did have a quick question for Elliot, who used to sure. be a clown. I do want to know, is grease paint that easy to take off? Is... Oh, yeah. Chickless is spotless, facing. Yeah. Like, he's got some dark circles under the eye, but he managed to take it off with, like, a towel in the car. And I imagine it's not that easy. I don't, I don't know if you did full grease paint, though, did you? Uh, not full grease paint. Uh, what we do is, like, uh, I think they call it theatre white. Where, yeah, it's just like this base ma- uh, white makeup that you put on and then we just put like basic ass, uh, regular face paint on top of that. Um, I remember one time I had to do a gig at a zoo and uh, the where the gig was, like I don't know if anyone knows Taronga Zoo in Sydney, but it's basically just one big hill and my gig was at the bottom <laughs> of the hill and so at the end of it, by the time I got to the top of the hill, I just sweated the entire thing off. Oh, no. <laughs> I must have looked horrifying to a lot of kids as I was walking my way back up as well. Why like... is that clown melting? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cause it was fucking. It was a Christmas gig as well. So, yeah, right in the right. middle of Australian summer. So, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> the, clown is, the clown is melting is not an issue that in, in England affects many Christmas parties. <laughs> But yeah, distracting from all the, you know, cool animals to look at. It's just, Mm -hmm. oh my God, look at this dude. (laughs) Melty the clown. (laughs) Zoo is scarier than I remember. (laughs) Oh God. Um, My first one, I'm just going to have the reveal of Stephen because yeah, he gets out of his car and he's full on the transporter. You Mm. know, he seems to be in a black outfit. You don't get the reveal of the priest collar until we pan up and then also the hair. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it was a big surprise and it assured me, hey, it was kind of like, here's your Jason Stephen movie, but not quite. 
And yeah, like, but not oh, as you know it. A yeah. twist. I will <laughs> say, I did have to write down at that point, <laughs> he parked, movie over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One man's quest for a decent parking space. Yeah. Uh, I will say in that opening high se- Oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead of my quick fire t- note time. <laughs> I, was like, I know. Uh, actually, we're going to go back because uh, there's a bit where in the initial heist uh, they release a bunch of balloons as like a signal, and that mm. was that was yes. very clever. I was like, okay, that's a good way to yeah. have a very organic <laughs> thing that we, you would easily see from anywhere in the fairground. Yes. So long as you're not staring at the naked ladies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's that gratuitous bit where Pee Wee Herman just has to perv on the uh, beauty show talent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we get some tits in Which this. Which every thing. state fair has. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elliot? Um, I, I actually did like Statham talking down the uh, security guard who was having the panic, panic attack in that scene. Yes. Shh, take it easy. It's okay. It's going to be just fine. I promise. What's your name? Ben. You got a girlfriend, Ben? <laughs> she loves you, right? What's her name? It's H- Hannah. Tonight you're going to be sitting with your arm around Hannah, watching this on the 10 o'clock news. She'll be so close you'll feel a breath on your neck. When she hears how nobody got hurt today because of your cool head, she's going to press her warm hand against your cheek. She's gonna look into your eyes. Like there's no place else she wants to look again. Trust me, Ben. It's gonna be a good night. Yeah. I thought that was like very good rational from Statham being like, oh, you're gonna tell your wife all about this and how you were cool and calm and and you're gonna have a good yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly like, aside from like the sexy implication, yeah. it's exactly what you'd wanna hear, I think, in that situation of just look. Later on today, you're going to be at home, mm-hmm. so just relax. You know, yeah. you're going to be at home yeah. at some point today, and that was yeah. I really liked it. I really liked him taking the time to do that, and he did it whilst he was in his sensitive man haircut and glasses. So yeah, so he sh- he should have <laughs> yeah. done that to a lot more characters as they went through. Yeah. <laughs> look, yeah. the, the assassin shows up in his apartment. Like, look, you got a wife. You look, listen, like. We know we could do this fight, but later on you'll be sitting at home watching TV with her a beer in one hand and her under your arm. It doesn't sound much better. It's like, yeah, I just want to go home. Like, I thought you did. It is funny though. Uh, like, yeah, after he calms down the security guard, the security guard goes, "Thank you, father." It's like, you really yeah, have you? Get what's happening yeah. here? Too. I was expecting a line there to be like, hmm. <laughs> whatever you got to tell yourself, buddy. Yeah. A lot of mine are from the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. I felt very strongly about the opening sequence. I was like, good, this is pacing. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Statham is asked by a little girl in a bizarre move to burst some balloons so that she can win a stuffed toy. Yep. Um, and he says, yeah, step on up and do it. And in one shot, Statham just picks up three darts and bang, bang, bang. I don't know how many takes it took, but it mm-hmm. was very exciting to see him do that. And it was a nice little way of establishing that he knows how to handle himself. Yeah, you know, Even too. more subtle than casting Jason Statham in that role. <laughs> uh, I mean, that said, there's ADR from that child in that, and it to me, it's clearly a woman doing a child's voice because they didn't get the, oh the kid's God. ADR. Oh, yeah. What is next? What is Nancy Cartwright. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> mm. 
So I'm going to compl- compliment Sandwich this one. Uh, there's a bit where it's raining <laughs> and you can literally see the, the flow of the rain machine follow him because they didn't have enough budget to make the entire area. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, I had that note and I was trying to interpret it before and I wrote Amazing. it off. It's like, garden hose? Why did I write that? That's exactly why I wrote that. <laughs> it's like they could only afford one rain machine so we just had to follow him in a tight <laughs> yeah. shot. It's like, I, I can even, I can see That's... what you're doing, guys, but okay. Fair. $35 so million. Dollars. <laughs> Those are expensive. We spent so much on JLo. Yeah, that's, that's just another kind of baffling thing is like, she can't be cheap even though she's not in her peak anymore. Yeah. She doesn't have to get out of yeah. bed for that kind of money. And it's so funny, like, <laughs> it's hard to remove the context of JLo in a 2013 movie. It's just like, all the characters constantly telling her that she's poor. And she's like, oh, I've got yeah. money. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but her love don't cost a thing. Ah, oh, there you go. Uh, my next good thing, though, was just the whole trapped with a barstool thing. I thought it was a good way to use the environment. Yeah. And yes, you'd have to suffer the posthumous humiliation of being killed by a yep. chair. Like, okay, Great line. That's, Fucking that's, excellent that line. Great line of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't tell me what I need to know. I'm going to press down on this chair until it crushes your trachea. Trust me. It's agonizing. Plus, there's a posthumous humiliation of having been killed with a chair. And just before that, just to throw one in, when he goes in, he waits for the security guard to go in for the door. Yeah. And then he catches the door and goes in behind him. And the guy turns around and says, Idiot! Get out! Like, it's such a weird thing to call him an idiot in that moment. Like, he's just mistakenly like, no, come in or something. You're supposed to wait there. <laughs> I'm going to go here. Yeah, it's the Monty Python. Thing. Stay here and make sure yeah. he doesn't leave. <laughs> we stay here and make sure that you don't leave. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Uh, my other line as well is, um, uh, forget the full context, but uh, Jason Statham reveals that he's got a tiny gun and the other guy's like, mine's bigger. And so yeah. Statham's like, oh, it's not the size. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's how you, that's fun. It's a little self-deprecating moment. I love it when mm. Statham is self-deprecating. Well, so I like that bit. Just He does the whole, pulls the gun on him. He's like, I'm not going to shoot you unless you make me. And then the guy goes for his gun. He yeah. shoots him. He's like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen? Like, yeah. yes, I have a smaller <laughs> gun. It's still a gun. <laughs> You're not going to be able to shrug that off. Unless you stay for him. He gets shot twice and thrown out of a car and he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it just needs the love of an old farming man. Um, <laughs> yeah, the scene in which the guy on the floor was shot. Well, he got the guy. He, he's got three guys on the floor. Um, mm. And there's another guy with a gun. And he, he gives him the gun. And he says, like, oh, shoot them. And that was dark. It was kind of disturbing. And he kept going around. Like, he's got a revolver and he's like, keep going. And he like has to keep shooting them, and it, yeah, I think it was actual squib work. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it yeah, it looked gruey. Mm. And there are some yeah. CGI squibs yes, later that do not look. Oh good. my god, the ones that get bunk. Good lord, oh, that's yeah. really rough. Bad. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but also, the guy shoots the guys on the ground in the, like the lower back, and I'm like, yes, that would yeah. hurt. It would not kill you. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. all these really close point blank shots that they could be taking and they just yeah. miss they would have been terrible at point blank the 1994 video <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely they would have understood they would have not have understood even the basic criteria of that game uh, which <laughs> is that you spam it by going right up to the screen but you didn't realize you weren't making it easier on yourself because of how the technology worked it was mm. a terrible time uh bt well um yeah. Just a sandwich again. There's a bit where when he robs the armored car guys, he goes, what's your name? Trying to do the calm him down thing. And he's like, people call me Jack. I'm like, because that's your name? <laughs> it seems like a... My name is Jack. 
It's what my parents called me, so everyone calls me Jack. Um, and then I started getting slightly delirious, so all my notes at this point are like, he Statham's too hard, he's still alive. Uh, it's a good frame of mind. See. It's, oh, yeah, and then it's just Statham's Texan accent. Oh, it's just man. comedy gold. Yeah. Just, it's so good. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, I don't know how you can be that bad in an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... he's- like he's tried so many times over the past several decades to do a convincing American mm-hmm. accent, but it's still yeah. just as bad as the one. Look, mm. I do have a theory. It's and it's impossible to remove Jason Statham the actor from Jason Statham the character. Yeah, sure. But there's a bit later on where he's bleeding in the kitchen, and J Lo's mother is all you know. You know, she says, oh, "That's right." The girlfriend is sewing him together, yeah. and you know, J Lo's like, "How can you keep doing this? You're clearly hurt." He's like, "Oh, you know, I'll be fine." And then it cuts to her mother, and her mother's like, "Now that's a real man. <laughs> uh, real men don't act, Elliot. That's an artsy fartsy bullshit thing. <laughs> so if you can do a convincing acting accent, you're not a man. Yeah, <laughs> a real man gets shot twice, thrown out of a car, has his hands stabbed, and then sewn back together yeah. with you know duct tape." And just keeps going. That's the f- but he yeah. can't act. That's the thing, I guess. And doesn't take a moment to rest. If Jason yeah. Statham came up to you and said, oh, I'm from Texas, like you probably wouldn't <laughs> question that. You'd probably be like, okay, yeah, great. Cool. Well, I guess we're from Texas Where, where do you want to go? And born in Ecuador. Oh, Texas by way of Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elliot. I just mean, how do you sleep at night? I don't drink coffee after seven. Pussy. Good line. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it just force that caffeine through their system. Yep. Cry it out. Yeah, where are you now? J Lo's mom being real, man. I, w- I would have loved it, though, like in the, you know, scene, the tense scene where, um, you know, he's sneaking up on the house just all of a sudden. He's like, Ugh. <laughs> he goes, has a nap by the boat and oh, should have had that coffee. But I'm a man of my rules. Without rules, I'm chaos. Oh, God. When the girlfriend goes and hides after an unsuccessful assassination attempt, um, she hides in this gorgeous shack in like this um, New Orleans style uh, sort of bayou looking area that looks like where the mm. crawdads sing. It's just this gorgeous place, mm. you know, with lots of hanging kind of um, willows and such. And it just, yeah, it was a really beautiful shack, a good place to try and wait out the Michael Chiklis related murder. Yeah. It's kind of another weird thing about this is no one really looks like they need $200,000. Yeah. Sorry, that's what the original heist was for. It was about 200 k and no one really looks like they're struggling. And it's, well, not the Stratham, not the yeah. girlfriend. And it's such a weird... She's got this holiday house. Thinking about it, was that yet another holi- um, uh, sequel seeding thing? The fact that they've got this gorgeous holiday house? Because it's a very weird thing to just chuck in there and, you know, have a glory shot of. Maybe in one of the subsequent books, mm. that house is extremely important. Fans will be like, oh... It's the important the, house. <laughs> that's where the ninth book takes place. <laughs> that's where the helicopter crashes. The ninth book. <laughs> uh, there was a moment where... Jason was fighting with someone in a bathroom and a clear shower curtain comes into play. I yeah. thought that scene was fucking excellent. Yeah. Like, yeah, one of my... Really cool tension yeah. Um, of yeah, him being wrapped in the clear shower curtain and like, yeah, it's, it's just filling up with blood and looking horrific. Yeah. And it's like, oh, how safe. Yeah. I'm going to stay for way out of this one. And there's a <laughs> quick POV shot of like the blurred uh, yeah. image of the camp- shower curtain and there's just a dark shape coming towards him, which is, mm. you know, the guy. And it's like, that, that was very cool. I, like I that. think that whole fight was yeah. really good. I really like how immediately bloody it got. Like it was so un, mm. uh, what's the word? Because cinematically, it was almost an excessive amount of blood, but it made it like feel more realistic. Because whenever you see like pit yeah. pictures of like a crime scene or something, there's always blood like everywhere, like it's ridiculous. 
and it had yeah. like a, a really yeah, pretty feel to it. Yeah, if you've got a little cut and you're also doing something physical, it's yeah. going to go everywhere. It's going to go everywhere. As a great example, um, I did once watch a wrestling clip with Elliot where, you can fill me on the names here, uh, where the guy did the classic, you know, cut the forehead um, when he's, oh. you know, pre- pretending to cringe, but um, mm. cuts it too deep oh, or cuts God. the wrong part and it just oh, no. gushes like crazy. Oh, it God. Is, yeah. There is just blood everywhere uh, at the end of that fight. It's uh, it's a really good example of yeah, and that's just the forehead cut. Yeah. So if you've had someone slash your arm, and yeah. you're then using that arm to punch them, it is going to get messy. Absolutely. Yeah, that was I believe uh, JBL versus Eddie Guerrero at Judgment Day 2008. Wow, um, it is. Yikes. I, I highly recommend watching it, <laughs> um, but you've got to have the stomach for it. Because yeah, it gets it gets red. very real. Yeah. Like yeah, Eddie Guerrero, you know rest his soul he was absolute legend <laughs> and in this fight as well he's he's clearly not there and like you can see so many real moments of jbl going fuck i think we need to end this already and like eddie keeps getting back up and yeah it's it's one of those moments where you really don't know where the line is uh, between reality and fiction in wrestling it's um wow yeah mm. Very good stuff. And definitely anyway, see well, that. once again, I didn't realise we'd go into Elliot's wrestling corner <laughs> yeah. so much. I love it here. <laughs> it's so cosy. It is. Is it breakfast now? <laughs> it's a nice a steel touch. chair. <laughs> yeah, you're meant to kick the shit out of each other with the breakfast nook. <laughs> We're talking about close quarters fights. Yeah, yeah, I do want to see a wrestling match in a breakfast nook now. <laughs> <laughs> it got vicious over the croissants. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that fight, there was some really good quick cutting as well, because I've recently, I've discovered the nuance to quick cutting, because I've always previously said that in fights, I like long cuts, you know, and, and I still stand mm. by that. I like, you know, Jackie Chan style. You can see the moves. Yeah. You can see sequences. But I saw a really or good... Or like in They Live with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes. Another wrestler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's that's the trick, is to get people who actually know how to make fighting look good in front of the camera, mm. so that you don't have to just cut around it. However... I have recently seen a breakdown of the quick cutting in Mad Max Fury Road, which, as you'd expect, is, you know, exemplary. Mm. Um, And they really broke down how the key to good quick cutting that doesn't frustrate the audience is to have this coherent flow of of movement. You know, just really, Mm. because you don't have long to process individual shots, which is why Michael Bay is so disorienting um, Mm. in the way that he cuts. So you have to have, like, if you're going to quick cut, have a character, like, pull from right to left, then cut to another thing going right to left, and if you want to do an you know, opposing action and, you know, you do that. But you just deal in, like, colours, yeah. shapes and movement when you're cutting that quickly. Mm. And I thought that the shower fight in this was actually quite coherent in that respect. There was a good sort of back and forth. And although it was cut more than I'd like, it was still, yeah, coherent. Mm. And, yeah, had a good sense of impact to yeah. it and claustrophobia. Because, yeah, the quick cuts, like, it's not a hard and fast rule that, yeah, you either yeah. don't or do them. And, and. Yeah, using um, the way that they did here, which is to escalate the tension. Mm. And, you know, when you want it to get more tense, that's when you're moving a bit more. Yeah. Like, that's really effective. It can be, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I get the opposition to it because, yeah, I think Marvel movies are the prime oh, example of too many quick cuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Michael Bay's Transformers just being way yeah. too disorientated. Yes. Well, I will say that <laughs> Statham and J-Lo had a fairly saucy kiss. I thought it was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a sort of stolen kiss sort of little moment, and he's not entirely sure about it. But yeah, for the little moment where lips lock, I found it to be fairly erotic. Hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see, where's my next one? 
Um, sorry, quick again, quick backhand before I move on. Uh, the J Lo line I think we all cringed at was. Um, hey, you have a cup holder in your car, or you just keep that between your legs? Well, it's large and black, Jake. What do you think I like it? Oh, what uh, the fuck was that? And then an old man sat at a table, starts laughing as if she just did a sick burn on the cop, and it's like, huh, <laughs> it's a strange little moment. Yeah. Uh, but my actual quick fire is okay. Sorry, it comes with another one. So was, uh, all criminals keep their guns in a one single lock safe box, <laughs> especially in Florida, which is a concealed carry state. <laughs> But I do like the idea of him going in and sabotaging the guns. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, you know, not all of them realizing quite late, because they're all, all holding off firing one for a long time, yeah, as yeah. you would. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah. That said, that's not a firing pin. That's a hammer. That's that he bent. Uh, I did wonder, because says, the firing I the pin. Firing pin no, I thought the firing pin, that's going to be tricky to get at, right? Because it's hidden yeah, right the way into internally. the lock thing. So, yep. yeah, unless you get your pliers and your yes. screwdrivers out, mate, I think you're probably not going for that. But no, it did lead to, again, effective tension in this scene mm. as well, mm. where, yeah, that dude has uh, Jennifer Lopez in the, you know, holding in front with the yeah. gun up to her temple. And, yeah. And he's just, do it, mate. Yeah. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, just um, the. Okay, so you're going up thinking, oh, yeah, none of their guns work. He'll be fine. They're yeah. like, oh, wait, it's still Michael Chiklis. Yeah. And he is a big dude. Yeah. Like, if he decides not to try and shoot you, but just try to beat the shit out of you, that's a different thing. Yeah, you ain't bent in that yeah. firing pen. <laughs> One that Chiklis keeps <laughs> in, his, in his heart. And Yeah, he'll just be like, it's clobbering time. And then... Oh, no. Fuck me. <laughs> I've been so Michael Chiklis from The Shield this whole time. I completely forgot about the Fantastic yeah. Four movies. We all do. <laughs> well, it, it, it obviously took place... Uh, Got removed from your mind when you know the Fantastic Fan Force. Oh, of course, yeah. released. <laughs> so hard to very effective reboot. The definitive the thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> my God. And yet, my only other note is uh, <laughs> just got in big block letters. Wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> that it does like a double fucking. Um, yeah, six months later. Yeah. Jason mm. Statham kills the guy in the office. Yeah. And now a year later. <laughs> and yeah. Took a while. It's like the girl with the dragon no... tattoo. Four fact structure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just it didn't need to be a couple of time jumps. Just consolidate yep. it. Like yeah. I'm... And you know, at the start of the movie when they had like the panning shot. I mean, sorry, the the crane shot yeah. with the Ohio State Fair. Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that when movies incorporate the text into the environment and. It just didn't yeah. do it enough here to like no. feel like it was intentional. Yeah, to make it feel like congruent. Meaningful. It's just it happens a couple mm. of times, and yeah, that's yeah, very strange. And then happens twice in quick succession, <laughs> right at the end of the flick. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, I'll do. I've got three left, but I'll do two and then save one for last. So um, mm-hmm. the moment where Jennifer Lopez is at risk, she is in this place. She's with the bad men. She doesn't know what's going to happen. And she looks over, I think, a China like cabinet and just sees Statham's face mm. reflected in the glass. And that was just vaguely mm. comic to me that he's sort of just a subtle <laughs> Statham reflection in the glass. Mm. And it's very reassuring <laughs> for her. And then when... No matter where you are, you're not far from Jason <laughs> I'll always find you. Uh, but in a nice way. Um, and then finally, there's a bit where he's fighting with Michael Chiklis. And I... Pretty sure that Chiklis and it's it's cross cutting a lot with uh, Lopez, but I'm mm. pretty sure that Chiklis calls Parker a bitch. You bitch! <laughs> you little bitch, come over it. And I, that's that that's cute. I find that music. Unless Wendell Pierce said that to mm. Jennifer Lopez, in which case that's not that's not cool. Mm. But if, 
Well, they have to establish themselves as being the bad guy. This means slapping a woman, yeah. calling her a bitch, and uh, Bunk deciding that the middle of a tense situation where one of their own has gone missing <laughs> was a great time to sleazily flirt with her. Yeah, my God. Mm. Well, yeah, mm. like you say, we've got to establish yeah. that the bad guy. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I've got several more, surprisingly. I think Go I have more quick fires towards the end At of this one. At one hour, um, 50 minutes into the movie. Yep. <laughs> yep. I wasn't sure about him before, but now. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, okay, so there's... The scene I don't like where, you know, Lopez uh, kind of figures out he's into crime, confronts him, yep. they go back to her office, and she like opens up a bottle of wine, is, has this monologue that explains, I'm just tired of all this, and I want in on whatever crime you're doing. Yeah. It feels a little stuffed in there, because it doesn't really make sense that that's her reaction to all this, Yeah. but I do quite like J-Lo's acting. I think she sells that bit quite well. Yeah. I'm sick of chauffeuring these fucking entitled... Wannabe playboys who've never worked a day in their life. Showing them houses that I can never afford. Laughing at their jokes that I can't stand. Oh, while fending off their gropes. But not all their gropes. Because you never know, one of these days I just might get a full commission. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I thought it was an element that was hit on, but not enough that, you know, she's acting as an agent for all these, um, you know, two rich people that mm. are buying these ridiculous houses. And, like, I don't know, I think they could have done a better job of building up her resentment yeah. towards that and driving her motivation here. Yeah. Yeah, again, like, it doesn't fully fit, but I think it was at least well acted. Mm. Um, I'm just going to blitz through mine so you can have your while last one. <laughs> um, there's a bit where... Uh, when Okay, the dog that's been barking the entire time is later just sitting on uh, Statham's lap while he's bleeding, and he's just like, yeah, dogs like me. Like, okay, that got me. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's pipsy. see. Oh, yeah, and also she starts freaking out when she sees bleeding Statham. like, what are we supposed to do? There's so much blood. Do we put it back? Do we clean it off? What do we do here? She's like, <laughs> like, it was a yeah. very general reaction to like, yeah. do I need to get you towels? Oh, my God, there's so much blood. What are you doing? There's so much blood. Do you, do you, do you wash this? it? Do you not wash it? Do we put pressure on it? What do we get a towel? Do we Leslie, get a, listen do we get to me. What? what the fuck is going on? And what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Uh, when girlfriend is sewing him up, Jason Statham has this very pained expression when he's sewing up his hand. Mm. Uh, and it's just a good little face acting moment. Yeah. And also just this kind of idea that they've had this discussion time and time and time again. And they're just at the point now where she's not going to leave, but he's not going to stop doing these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was kind of, again, just an understated moment. Yeah. It's kind you're of looking resi- worse than Nick Nolte and you're going to go into <laughs> <Yeah>. ice tonight? <laughs> My God. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is it's, yeah. It's just a resignated acceptance that this is what he's going to do and there is no changing him. Yeah. Uh, that said, when he takes his shirt off, his scars look like oatmeal. Oh, man, um, yeah. They look bad. Yeah, that was good stuff. That was uh, convincing because he's had a yeah. lot happen to him in this last, what, two days? Yeah. How long has it been? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not long. Uh, similarly, not he goes to pick the lock and he can't get it, which kind of implies he's getting burned out, which if it had fed more into the story, it would have kind of been interesting, but it... Just he just broke it, lock in, and he broke the window, called in. Yeah. Um, Michael Chiklis is good at being a big aggressive dude. Yeah. Um, like he can be intimidating when he wants to. So that's yeah, absolutely. And even though stabbing him with a clip was stupid, there's a bit where he pulls it back out and reloads <laughs> yes. the gun. That is just really fluid mm. and very cool. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Was... And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Had his arm trapped between his legs and stuff, and like yeah, just full execution style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my moment. last note was about the how it was cool to have a protagonist motivated by money, but we've already covered that. So. Yeah. Well, 
fantastic. Okay, my last one is that I did generally find Jennifer Lopez to be quite an endearing presence throughout the whole movie. I thought she was quite good, and yeah, I liked her character and the motivations there. She should have been positioned more as the main character. That would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've highlighted one moment of just, like, a very positive moment for me in the movie is at the end when she has this relationship with her mother who's a bit one-dimensional. She loves soap operas to the extent mm. that she's named her after a soap opera. Um, and yeah, she gets from Statham, she gets this package, which has all of these, um, sort of this money in Mm. it, all of this money. And, um, the mother calls down, you know, what is it? What's been delivered? Leslie, who was that? (sighs) It's the mailman. Nothing but bills. And it's like bills. Oh, that's right. I like that. (laughs) I like that. That was a very cute moment. And... Mm. Yeah, it was very sweet, and then to see her laugh at her own joke was yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, she no. definitely knew what movie she was making, and yeah. she was having fun with it. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was. I think at that point, it's time to check in with the OG team. Well, the OG team. The OG team. Oh, and as I try and get past Facebook's two-step authenticator uh, process, I will instead go <laughs> and check in with the patrons, the best people ever. Bar none, I think. Mm. Oh, those lovely fans. Oh, they're so good. Hey, Patreons. Patreons. And we have Bex. Bex Watson, mm-hmm. who gets in touch in order to say, Parker, she says. Parker, she says again. <laughs> um, you do not have to read all of this out, but feel free to pick and choose as you see fit. I'm going to read all of this out. Yeah, I had a feeling we just need to settle in here. <laughs> that unrelenting opening. Am I watching The Lost Boys? Am I into gray-haired pe- uh, priests now? Ocean's Clowns? Is America really like this? Greatest yes. greatest threat in action film history, plus there's the posthumous humiliation of being killed by a chair. Jason Statham gets filmed like a sexy lady ass first, and that's what I call progressive true, but it was a disappointing ass shot. We've covered this. But yes. Yeah, ne- just needed tighter pants. That you can tighter see pants, nothing. and we'd be going full on Hawkeye initiative here. And that's yeah. that's where we need to be heading. I love some of the consistent things that stand out to people about <laughs> one movie. And yeah, like, it's great. I think this will be everyone's review is like disappointing. I'll sort of say them here. Easily my strongest memory is Stephen ejecting his magazine and stabbing a man with it. Very badass. <laughs> and finally, J uh, Lo is surprisingly good, and I really like mm-hmm. the ending that she genuinely doesn't see him again. He doesn't fall in love with her. He just gives her the money. Yeah. In the end, he follows through with what he promises, seemingly his only rule, an interesting deviation from the usual, I'll break my rules just once because I love you and all that booty is rocking action movie ending. <laughs> although, it, although it most certainly was. Uh, thank you so yeah. much, Bex. That's incredible. A great rundown of Parker. Mm-hmm. Parker. Parker. All right, let's very quickly talk about the one better thing. The one better thing. I mean, for me, Statham is crank. Oh, yeah. It's it's just nine seconds of plot and then wall-to-wall <laughs> bonkers. Yep. It's, and I love it. It's almost disappointing to watch crank in the context of Statham's filmography because you get such a sense of this big energy that he can possess. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, why didn't you do this so many more times? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Crank one and two. Just fantastic. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I think if you want either Statham or Heist movies, there's just so many better options. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't even like put down like one specific mm. one because it's just like, yeah, these are um, both Statham and Heist movies alike. Are, mm. You know, good popcorn genres, you know, switch your brain off. But yeah, yeah this... Have a good time, yeah. Yeah, 
this one's just too long. And like, even though I find myself like, a, oh yeah, those scenes were cool. There was probably a lot more than sticks out in my memory. I reckon, yeah, if you can get someone to edit this down and <laughs> uh, maybe just like boil it down to the good bits, yeah. then maybe that's the one better thing. Yep. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you've got so many more options. No, I, I still want my version of the movie where we start with J-Lo's character mm. and it's this insanity that comes into her life yeah. that she has a possibility to profit from and then goes along with it. Yeah. Um, you could st- that sounds like more fun to you me. You could still have like the action movie opening like at the circus, but then at the point when Stephen gets chucked out of a car, then you cut to J-Lo waking up. And then you don't, yeah. the, and the audience doesn't get ch- filled in on what happened in the interim. And then one day we're like, why are we following J-Lo? And then suddenly she's just like, there's Stephen in his hat. And it's like, whoa, how did he get here? That, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When did he mosey on into this? <laughs> <laughs> Is that his twin? His Texan yeah. twin? Because that's... <laughs> <laughs> the, the 20 or 30 minutes it take, took to do the filler between those yeah. two moments could be explained with, they betrayed me, now I'm here to get some yeah, payback. I have I means. Can't the, I can't use the term payback, that's already a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, they're lawyers. They're really tough. Uh, well, speaking yeah. of that, my one better thing is uh, not payback, it's point blank. I'm pretty sure I've mm-hmm. done this before, but yeah, 1967, John Borman starring Lee Marvin, and yeah, it's just great. The main character is a dangerous guy, and John Borman is a fantastic stylistic director, so there's some really rewarding decisions in there. The one that always sticks out to me is the sequence of him walking through this tunnel, and the sound of his footsteps going sort of... This becomes part of like this really tense building up of him approaching the house, ready to kill a man, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, it's very powerful. It's a really sort of... It's kind of a camp funny movie as well, and as much as he's just such a badass, and the way in which he can just go after people becomes quite amusing. But yeah, it's a really, really strong film, so I recommend Point Blank if you've not heard mm. of it. And actually, yeah, you, uh, you kept slipping up saying it when you were trying to refer to Point Blank uh, Point Break. Uh, yeah. I'll say Point Break is yeah, actually point break my is one better thing because that's a <laughs> decent heist movie, good popcorn fun, and yeah. Anthony yeah. Kiedis is in it as well. Yep, oh, yeah. and it's the greatest love story of all time. Between Keanu <laughs> and Patrick Swayze. Yep. I mean, who doesn't oh, fall in love with Patrick Swayze? Oh, my love, my darling. <laughs> and it's waxing a surfboard and the hands come around the corner. I had the time of my life. Just to mesh those two songs together. Yep, yep. Yeah. Nobody puts Keanu in a corner. No. <laughs> Roadhouse? So... <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That is all the one better thing. Everything Patrick Swayze ever did is the one better thing, Parker. (laughs) The one better thing. Excellent. Okay, how can people find out more about your various endeavours and revenge plots? Oh, yeah. Like we said at the top of the show, we're reviewing Simpsons over on Mm -hmm. the Simpsons Index. We might have Paul Salt on an upcoming episode. A little... Little teaser thing uh, for October. I wonder if Simpsons do a special run of episodes during that month. We'll see. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, yeah, like BT said, we uh, reviewed Game of Thrones backwards on Thrones of Game. The podcast it is hard to find. Worst <laughs> SEO of all time. Uh, Amazing. Pulp Fury Radio, our scripted podcast. And mm-hmm. if you feel like kicking us a couple of bucks, we're making exclusive weekly podcasts over on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. And one of the recent podcasts we've started doing is Starring Springfield, where we're reviewing movies that star the Simpsons cast. Yeah. And that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And we're getting our patrons to give us suggestions for those movies. And uh, Paul and you and Goodman teamed up and we're like, yeah, we're going to give them something good and something bad. So, yeah, we uh, we reviewed Click and This is Spinal Tap, which was (laughs) very yin and yang of Mr. (laughs) Sam. We believe in balance in all things. That's the the, the mm. hidden underlying meaning of uh, one good thing. 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah, go check that out. Patreon.com yep. slash SideQuest Studios. Do it. Mm-hmm. And then whilst you're there, you can type in OGT Pod. Because, yeah, speaking of uh, bad SEO, type OGT Pod into any sort of search engine. Ignore the suggestion to ch- correct it to Git Pod. What even is that? And uh, you should find this. <laughs> it's a bunch of Gits, isn't it? <laughs> well, to Git Pod. Oh, I hate this podcast. <laughs> it's a Trojan horse that comes in in the feed of other podcasts. <laughs> Big Git rolled again. So. Yeah, look look out for us. OTT Pod, we're on everything. We're on Patreon. Jen and the Film Critic is at Screen Mayhem. That's all of my film reviews. Quest Fantastic is the mm-hmm. real... Uh, oh, Goodman does the thing. I can't remember what it is. TTRPG, <laughs> I think. Uh, and then uh, The actual play, TTRPG. Yes. That's what I was after. With a unique approach of, you know, retired adventurers now reunited under a common goal, venturing forth and dusting off the... You know, the, the rust from their axes and muscles. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. I need to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, though, it's fucking great. Oh, yeah. thank really you. love. Yeah, it's so much what fun you guys to do. Doing there. So, yeah, mm. absolutely check that out. And, yeah, everything else. So, I'm Paul Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the chair that's waiting in your house for you to turn your back. <laughs> Trusted you so much. <laughs> Ah, not Michael Chiklis. Ah. Ah, oh, oh no. <laughs> Fucking bit. <laughs> <laughs> Which of us is he talking to? Just assume it's all of us. And, <laughs> and remember, the one good thing about Parker is that who would have known that grey hair would befit Statham way better than a Texan accent? <laughs> and a 10-gallon hat. <laughs> <laughs> the hat was solid. <laughs>